Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and Cults! Oh my, God. my name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? We had like went to Olive Garden, <laughs> and it was me, my mom, my sister, my brother. And you I came out of Olive Garden. That's the fucking gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Speaking of this. Speaking of <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and Cults. That felt good. Mm. It's, it's, mm, it's been a long time since we, well, we were sick last, no, I was sick last time. The last time we did the show, right? So it's been yeah. four weeks since we've. Um, Has it been? Yeah, it's been a month. Yeah, because we only do it every two weeks. And if I miss one, that's four weeks. Oh, yeah. Feels yeah. like it was yesterday. Doesn't for me feels like it was a year ago. Oh, and that wasn't a New Year's joke, by the way. I'm not that old. <laughs> How old are you? I'm just kidding. You know, because I talk about it all the time. I talk about it all year. <laughs> I talk about it. All I the talked time. about it all year. I am 40 years old. 40. 40. Happy 40. Thanks. Wait, you just turned 40 last month. No- last month. Yeah. The yeah, November. I turned 40. It's weird. Did it you? feels weird. What'd you do for your birthday? Absolutely nothing. I didn't I feel do like anything. That's probably most. That's not true. Actually, birthdays. my friends, two of my friends, um, and their partners, uh, took me to dinner. Oh, and, that's and, nice. And got me gifts. They got me really cool gifts: a journal and a really oh, fucking really good candle <clears throat> that I like. Has become this like. Not only does it smell good, um, <clears throat> it's a more masculine scent that I would have picked up for myself, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's very earthy and pine. Ooh. Yeah, it's nice. I, I kind of want to get another one because I'm already halfway through it. But it's become this like ritual thing where like I come home, especially if it's been like a rough day or a long day and I'm tired. And I like the first thing I do is I put my, sh- put my coat down, put my bag away. And then I like strike the match and light the candle. And then is it the black one? Or yeah, 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 on the black stand with the black, oh, it looks the like black a little stand. leather handle thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that one. It's cute. It's nice. And then I like, it's one of those like when I light the candle, that means I'm home. I'm home and it's time to like take a breath. Mm-hmm. And then the fragrance happens shortly after, you know, and you can smell the candle. So and smell is a, like one of the strongest associations, at least for me. So I wonder how many people have like those kind of ritual things when they get home, but don't realize it. I think most people do. In fact, like, <clears throat> which is so ironic that. Um, I was thinking about this because I was talking to a really well. I was talking to Holly, which you know she's they've been on the show before, mm-hmm. 
and um and uh hollywood we were talking about witchcraft and i was talking about my sometime for my unexplained apprehension to actually claim it you know claim witchcraft claim tarot readings claim claim that thing as my practice you know Mm -hmm. and um when you think about witchcraft and you think about christianity i um hot take care (laughs) uh they're basically the same thing (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's just different perspectives of the same thing like you get up in the morning you read a book and you pray and you pray over people and yeah. I get up in the morning and I do a tarot card reading and I, and I think about things and I cast a spell. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's meditation. It's, it's, you, you think that you, okay. 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 I went to a witch store on the East coast when I was visiting my friends. I've had a lot of caffeine today. Sorry. Um, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Let me catch up. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get to talk today. Sorry. <laughs> but they had a whole section of infused oils, which is a very common practice for witchcraft. You know, you infuse oils with different herbs and stuff and then, that helps you to focus. You put like, I got an infused oil that because I was needing some direction in my life and I was needing some some guidance. So I had a tarot deck and and the person there in uh, gave me some infused like like that you you have the oil the vial and then they put the herbs in there a special concoction specifically for things. It was really fucking cool. Then you take this infused oil and you put it on a focus and then you do your tarot reading and it helps helps you to open up to the the energy and you know your past lives and ancestors to get direction <coughs> which reminded me of when we would take anointed oil that yeah. my pastor had scented so that it would smell good mm-hmm. with like cinnamon and and cloves and some some other things and stuff and then we would touch people and pray for them mm-hmm. you don't think that was fucking casting a spell yeah it's the exact same thing and like it's doing doing a cross on the forehead with the oil mm-hmm. and like anointing your heart, touching, speaking mm-hmm. in tongues. We used like, to anoint cloths and send them with people and they would drive over. I did this. They drive over to someone who's sick and then pin the cloth to the thing so that the prayers so that we took the prayers with us. Yeah. Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. You don't think that's casting a spell? What the fuck do you think that is? Yeah. Anyways. The amount of times I had to throw a rock into the water pray over a rock and put all my energy past trauma energy into this rock mm-hmm. and then throw it into the water and do a prayer like hello that's, that's a spell that's a legitimate <laughs> spell. spell there's a legitimate like practice a spell where you like <clears throat> you put your your negativity or, or trauma your things onto a piece of paper you write it down and then you <clears throat> put it in a bowl like a cast iron like a, a like an iron bowl or something some kind of metal bowl and you with other things and you light it on fire and that like you're releasing that negative energy into the universe, like you're yeah. letting it go. It's a it's a legitimate witchcraft practice. Plus all the visualization visualizations yeah. that is oh, used yeah. in Christianity for yeah. like spiritual warfare and stuff. Manifesting when people like it was so ironic to hear Christians talk about, you know, like, oh, those new age people just put their crystals and manifesting shit and then he'd be like and then he'd be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna name it and claim it. And you're name like, it and claim it Sweetie <laughs> What exactly uh. Do you think manifesting is? <laughs> what? What? Ex- explain to me <laughs> yeah. how those are different. Please. Please tell me right now. <laughs> I'm going to name it and claim it. Name I'm going to name and claim it. it. But those new Shun age- that idea, <laughs> Yes, God. Name it and claim it. Bring it on. Simatai <laughs> tamatai. What was the other one? Uh, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut Oh, my God. 
Yeah. That's so funny. For all the Catholics listening right now, we are talking. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all the exactly for all the for all the Seventh Day Adventists, we're talking about Pentecostals who <clears throat> we're talking about Pentecostal ritualism. Although Catholicism and ritualism is very different, but also very witchy. Yeah. Well, here's my opinion. This is not based on anything. This is just my opinion based on observation. <clears throat> we're all tapping into energy. That's what we're doing. You know, and, and we're just accessing it in different ways. Of course, the experience we had was very problematic because it was um, like propriet- proprietary. Is that the right word? Where it's like, this is ours. It belongs to us. It was it, a, Well, there's a lot of ego involved yeah. with the way we thought and our perspectives. In the, and we in definitely our... used it to hinder other people. And that's not yeah. okay. That's not okay. But if you're just, hey, I tap into the universal energy by believing in God and Jesus. And that's how I access it. That's, and that's fine. What, that's what gets me through life. Good for you. That's great. You know, like, and then the person down the street, <clears throat> you know, like goes out into the woods and has a, a moon, a full moon circle and taps into the energy that way and does a dance, lights a fire, lets go over of their, you know, energy. And then they're happy. That's great, too. You know, like we're all just tapping into energy. We're all just tapping into whatever is out there that is helping us get through the day, mm-hmm. you know, and helping us to find our and Future. that's very human, you know? Yeah. It's very human. Yes, absolutely. And there's a million different ways people do it and have done it throughout the years. I was <clears> reading <throat> a spell book that I <clears throat> borrowed from Charlie Darling, a really incredible, amazing human and drag performer and artist. And uh, I, think I, I think they're definitely like a fake creature because they have way too much amazing magic talent to be a human. <coughs> um, <laughs> too incredible. They did this tattoo. They're the ones. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, um, gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I borrowed a spell book from them, and I was reading <coughs> about spells because, f- at that time, of course, I think it was trans. You know, kind of carried over from religion that everything had to be this big production. Everything was a production. Because mm. in our experience, in my yeah. experience, especially as a charismatic Pentecostal, everything was about show. It was all about being seen. Yep. <coughs> Ironically, by only the people in the church. as the, it, Whatever. It was being being the better prayer warrior, being the better Looking this, the part, being yep. the better that. Like being you, louder, being dancing harder, whatever. You know, Like the Holy Spirit had to favor you in front of everyone else, you know? Yes, exactly. And it's very egotistical. <coughs> it's so egotistical. Egotistical. It's so ego, Lego. It's so Lego, my ego. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, oh, and so I, I thought that like, oh, I can't do witchcraft because everything's a big, huge production. I just don't have the time or the energy or the bandwidth to do that, you know. And then I was reading this spell book, and it was like, oh, a, a cleansing, a cleansing spell is to sweep your house and then like have a ritual of putting the energy into the dirt that you swept up and then sweeping it out your front door. That is a spell. That's a ritual. So simple. So simple. So what I realized is that every day we are performing rituals and casting spells every day by cleaning our house. That's a cleansing spell. It's a cleansing ritual, you know, like lighting something as simple as something as simple as manifesting a thought or, or, or reigning in your thoughts or having a thought while you light a candle, you know, that's a ritual. That's Mm -hmm. anything that you do. We're already doing rituals. We're already doing um, spells. It's just a matter of recognizing it and working and 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 um, <clears throat> allowing ourselves to tap into that energy because we're already doing it. You know. Yes. 
In fact, there is a quote. Yes. That I would like to share. Please do. This quote. First time I heard it, I went, "Wow." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, said, I said, I said, I said, "Shandala." Thank you, God. No, um, it's actually by um, a uh, somebody called Albus Dumbledore. Oh, nice. <laughs> Words are in my not so humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic, capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. That's beautiful. And but fuck, also fuck JK Rowling, but that's beautiful. Yeah. But your words so powerful. Are spells. Yes. You have the power your words are so powerful. Yes. You have the power to literally tear somebody down in an instant mm -hmm. or build them up in an instant. Yes. Just by hundred percent. Or a word. A word. A a a um a phrase a I'm gonna put my phone on silent sorry um a phrase a anything an observation you have the word you have the the power to destroy someone's life what yeah. like what has caused my worst trauma the words my father said the words mm -hmm. the people in the church said words words have caused my most not my most but close to my de most devastating trauma yep. you know it's very powerful I remember in a in a ironically <clears throat> like a men's Bible study that I was at that I was horribly horribly shamed by my family for going to because it wasn't a bible study from our church it was a bible study from another church so i could be led astray to the devil by going to a bible study from another church <clears throat> but when we were praying i had this like thought we were like we did group prayers and oh this was the most this is this is an anxiety hell we would like stand in a circle and hold hands and whoever we like everyone had to pray out loud at some point but there was no order to it. It was just whoever felt compelled, yeah. we would just start praying. Mm -hmm. <gasps> oh, I don't know how I survived without I a heart attack. I remember so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all take uh, turns praying. Yeah, it's awful. I don't even like talking to somebody in the coffee line behind There's, me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a few times during those I wouldn't. I just wouldn't because I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I have nothing no to thanks. say. Jesus already knows my thoughts, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know them. <laughs> it's like, and people would be waiting. Like, are you gonna go? And they would like, wait forever. Yeah. I'm like, and then you have Sister Susan over there who can't stand silence, so she uh, yeah. prays 17 times. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, I'll okay, take well, it again. Oh, well, actually, I'll say this again. <laughs> Susan, nobody cares, including Jesus. <laughs> um, but one of the things I said was that, you know, the that words, because I was feeling really like everyone around me, I have severe self-esteem issues, but everyone around me, like, was beautiful, obviously, because I was gay and was closeted, so everyone was, it was immense. It was a men's it was a men's Bible study. I was, woo, <laughs> <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> they, they thought I was going. They th I was going there to grow, but not my spirit. If you know what I'm saying. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been fun. <laughs> need to change the name of the show to "We Are Heathens." <laughs> um, uh, but. We everyone was talented in some way. There was artists. There was like a guitar player who could also sing and lead worship. And everyone had these like really incredible talents. Whoops. Um, and I just felt like kind of useless because I wasn't like the only thing I like really felt kind of decent at was writing, like writing stories and writing. <clears throat> and I had the thought like uh, words. I don't really believe in creationism, so but it's felt applicable. I had the thought words created the world and world's words will destroy it you know because at the time we believed in creationism where god spoke the world into existence and then at the end of the world he was just going to speak it out of existence so world 
words created the world, worlds, words will destroy it. Which I don't believe that specific statement anymore, but the concept is still really powerful mm-hmm. of like words have the power to create and destroy. Yeah. And I definitely feel <clears throat> I've said on here that I believe that um, I believe that uh, validation is the strongest form of magic. And so which is validation is just making, you know, telling someone that they're valid, like using your words to do it. So, yeah, I agree. Words are very, very powerful. Especially your child. Especially as a child. Especially to a child. Yes. I mean, oh. It's just, it's. it's like, if you don't validate your children, get fucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't deserve them. Oh, God. I yeah. Guess. Which is, uh, like, so many people grow up with like anger issues or yeah. depression mm-hmm. or uh, the list goes on all, all of negative above. effects from a lack of validation from their parents <clears throat> i read a book about cptsd complex post-traumatic stress disorder which is predominantly in this at least to my understanding predominantly caused by parental neglect child yeah. being neglected as a child you can get cptsd simply by your needs not being met like even if your parents are actively horrible to you but they're neglectful they don't feed you when you're when you're hungry consistently they don't tell you that they love you they don't validate your feelings they make they just don't support you and validate you they don't show up to your games yep. your ba- yep. basketball games yep. and your or your award yep. ceremonies or you're in your room crying because you hurt yourself and no one shows up yep um you have intense emotions and they don't they don't recognize or meet them that causes fucking trauma you have to show up for your kids you have to be there like it's not just like oh well they'll get they'll grow out of it no no they have trauma they will have trauma from that you know it just it infuriates me how easy it is for horrible people to have children let's just let's just say it it just infuriates me how many children like I know I talk about how I don't like children and I don't like, I don't want to have them. I don't want to have children in my home. They are gross and loud and annoying, but like I have a passion for like childhood development Mm -hmm. and seeing that children like deserve to grow up feeling good about themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why it's like, it's so important for it to be a choice. Yes. Just like, come on, uh, because you have people who accidentally, you know, um, have a have a child and they're living in some states where they can't get an abortion mm-hmm. and then they're forced to be a parent. And some people are not ready to be parents. And that and child okay. is going. Yes. yes. And that <clears throat> child's going to unfortunately grow up around that. And it's like, give somebody time give somebody the time to actually decide when they want to yep. be a parent and when they feel like okay i think i'm more ready listen you have to fucking be 21 years old to drink and 25 to rent a fucking car but you can have a child you could be 10 years old and have a fucking you get as long as you're as long as you hit puberty you can have a child whenever the fuck you want or or have to or forced to or forced to is what i really mean yeah like it's it's like it's give insane. people time give people time let them mm-hmm. let them develop or let them just not like yeah. i like like, I don't, like, <clears throat> I use, like, sarcasm as obviously as a defense mechanism. That is not, that is not secret on this, <laughs> on this podcast. But, like, realistically, I've always wanted a family. 
growing up, all I wanted to be was a father. I've always wanted a family. I was, I, what my dream was, was to be basically a house husband, you know, like a house, house spouse, (laughs) house spouse. spouse. Um, and I wanted to like raise kids and cook and clean and do the thing. I just wanted to do, that's what I wanted to do. I I've wanted to do that. But as I got older, my trauma got worse and I recognized how bad my symptoms are. And now I can't handle it. I can't like, I have my trauma is so severe that if I'm around my nephews too long and things get too loud or things get too strained, I get closer and closer to a panic attack. I cannot, I mean it to me, it's the equivalent of, Oh, I, I lost the use of my legs. So I can't have a two story house. Like it's, it's, it's that kind of like, it's just what it is. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a hindrance now. It's a, you know, I don't want to use the word disability, but like, I mean, I am disabled, but like, that's how I view it as, is just as simple as that. But that doesn't mean I didn't ever want that, you know? And I don't remember where I was going with this. There was a reason that I was saying all this. Do you remember what the reason was? The reason I think was in your head. (laughs) That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is no longer there. (laughs) (laughs) I admire though. I admire, um, I admire like, people who are uh who are able to birth children and who are forced to birth children and then those people who are like okay it's time to get into gear you know yeah, pull, like pull my head out of my ass and that's first of all that's hard that's it's 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 mature it's very challenging it's not extremely easy. Yeah. and like <clears throat> like it's like immediately you have to like it's not like you got nine months no while you're pregnant you have to like grow up yeah you know and immediately and like it's crazy and and some and some people are really like it's amazing to see the difference between before they're pregnant and then like after like mm-hmm. it's like almost like whoa yeah you did different some, person you yeah. did some hardcore inner yeah. work yeah <laughs> well and that's i think that the point where i was going with my story was that like it's okay it's like recognizing who you are and what you're capable of is okay and important. You know, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> just because I don't have kids and recognize I can't have them doesn't mean I didn't want them. It's just, I recognize where I'm at, what I'm capable of doing. And similar, like, like being mature is not being good at something immediately. It's recognizing you have a lot to work on and then continuing to work on that. Mm-hmm. Like that person did not become a great parent in nine months. They recognize that they have to start working immediately at becoming a great mm-hmm. parent. And you're going to make lots of mistakes. Everyone's going to. Everybody. Absolutely. And that's the it's thing. part of life. One of the things that really impressed me that I thought was really amazing about the this book about CPTSD was like it, like, it is very easy to traumatize your children. It's very easy to give them permanent trauma. It is also at that age just as easy to heal to help them heal from yeah like one person that's a positive validating like um influence in a child's life can begin to undo all of the trauma that their parents have caused one person a grandma an aunt a friend someone who can counteract that because your brain's the brain is so malleable nothing is set in stone at that age it can Mm -hmm. be easily like turned around so yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fuck up. You're going to do things. But it's just as easy to fix that damage yep. at that age. So, like, it's, uh, well, I mean, our parents, uh, I'm, well, I don't want to speak for yours, but I know your dad. I don't know yeah. That, uh, you know, if there was, there's so many times where my parents made mistakes and they could have easily, easily just went, oops, and then fixed, fixed it. it. Yes. They could have easily been like, 
babe, I'm so sorry that I did that, or I wasn't listening to your needs, or I didn't show up for this, and that was wrong, and I'll do better. Wow. Wow. Done. That's it. Trauma gone. Absolutely. <laughs> no trauma. Just but... canceled that out. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. So I have watched my sister. My sister's a very good parent, mm-hmm. and um, and I've watched my sister, like, you know, my nephew will come up and say, say something and she'll be like no that's not or whatever something you know she'll, and he'll be like mom but you said x y and z and she'll and she'll just you know what declan you're right i'm very sorry or she'll snap at him about something she's stressed or whatever she'll snap mm-hmm. she'll be a little rough and then rough as in you know like she's frustrated yeah and then it'll hurt his feelings or something and she'll go to him i've seen her do this go to him and say you know declan i'm so sorry i you know Mommy was stressed. This is what's going on. I shouldn't have said it that way. I shouldn't have snapped at you. And, you know, she'll explain herself like that kid is going to avoid so much damage mm-hmm. from just that simple act of recognizing that you're human and apologizing for your behavior. Because yeah. we're all going to fucking make mistakes. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. You're not going to. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. And people no. that say they're perfect. Those are the ones you got to look in their basements. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> people who are perfect. It's not it's not real. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My mother thinks she was just the best mother in the world. Have you heard that? I'm sure I know you've seen it. That that like, that like TikTok where it's like, I never knew. Like, I never knew that you were trauma. I had no idea that you were traumatized. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because for me it was trauma. For you, it was just a Tuesday. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was just how you were. Yeah. For me, it was traumatizing. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> my dad could undo a lot of damage he'd done if he just said sorry. My dad never says sorry. Has never said sorry. He does not apologize. He'll he'll behave awful and then he'll try to do something nice. To make up for it. Yeah. Which is just narcissism and, and abuse and manipulation. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> My mom recently did apologize. Really? Um, and Sincerely? Then, I don't know. Mm. But, of course, it opened up a huge wound in me. Of course. And then um, I was like, you know what? Maybe she's blah, blah, blah. Nope. 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 It was just It that. was not even... It wasn't even... I don't know if it was like a month later or less when she told my sister she needs to go back to church and told her, well, don't you have friends who can help you with that very serious issue? Oh, yeah, your sister was talking about that. Yeah, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I went, nope, fuck oh, her. you're the same person. You're yep. just saying this is, it's it's a it's a production or it's a, yep. I need something from you, so I'm going to say sorry. Yeah, I'm just, she's bit her <laughs> teeth or mm-hmm. whatever, and it's like, I'm just going to try this. Yeah. No, I know. I gave my dad one last chance last year around Christmas, and he fucked it up royally. And I was like, "Oh, you're not any different." Mm-hmm. You know, there. I was talking. To, I was talking to my aunt this week and about it, and <clears throat> and you know, she was saying like, "Well, you know, he's a lot better than he used. You know, he's doing a lot better. He's really trying." And I'm like, "His better than what he used to be is still horrible. The bar is on the floor." Yeah, exactly. Like he was so like him being better than he used to be is still really bad mm-hmm. like it just feels better because it's not unbearable and horrible but he's still an asshole he's still behaving poorly he's still being abusive so yeah. it's not like like just because he's and that's i think a trap that a lot of people get caught in is that oh it's not as bad as it was no but it's still bad like it, the 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 reference doesn't change so it doesn't matter if he was like out of 10 above the reference and now he's at a six that mm-hmm. seems so much better the reference hasn't changed he's still being bad mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. you know it's it's i i just it's and a so lot of a lot of um a lot of abusive people it, it, a lot of abusive people specifically i feel like narcissists will use that as a way to like they'll like 
kind of like appear yeah. to do a little better and to somebody else. And then that person's like, oh my gosh, look at this great improvement. Yep. Yep. But it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were, as kids, we were so thankful for like the one day that dad wasn't mad or if he could hold, if he could keep his shit together on Christmas or if he could, you know. But also in the relationships, abusive people use that. Yes. No, that's what I was saying. To keep people. We were so thankful for that one day that, you know, like we thought that that was going to like undo all of the other bad shit. You know, it just felt like, oh, well, maybe he's getting better. No, he wasn't. Just that, that one day was just enough to kind of keep you mm-hmm. keep you pulled in, keep you in, engaged. When you have somebody who gives absolutely nothing and then they finally give just a tiny little something and then you're like, oh, lo- I love them. I love yeah. them. Look at them. Look at that. That's wonderful. That's so nice. It's like, okay, but like let's – Let's think about this first. Yes. <laughs> Critically. Well, and <laughs> so on that note, on let me just rust around these cords because <laughs> I got something to say. <laughs> Woo! Um, flip the I'm table. <laughs> Where's the table? Let me flip it. Um, we need to buy like little tables that we can have, like little, like little, um, <laughs> like uh, dollhouse tables. So we can be flip the table. Um, is that I think that's why so many narcissistic abusive people are drawn to religion because there's so many like um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's so many firm things like divorce is a perfect example. You know, I think a lot of abusive people go to churches to find a wife because they because when divorce is so such a horribly observed thing, like you can't ever yeah. get a divorce, then they can just that's what my dad did. Like he behaved for six months. And convinced my mom he was a good person. And then two weeks after their or after their wedding, he became mm-hmm. the asshole he is now. Yeah, again, that happens we, a lot. And I think these harsh rules is what allows narcissistic abusive people to thrive in religious environments. Mm-hmm. If if the amount of times my mom and I, even I, during my like during my my ex wife was physically abusive, verbally abusive, like cheated on me and broke a bunch of rules that our church had and they were still like well she said sorry so you should stay married because divorce is the hor- most horrible sin I'm like excuse me excuse me like so jesus wants me to be married and miserable because that's what he prefers than to be happy and 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 divorced and not abused that's what you think jesus prefers Do you well, think that his like it murder uh, is also a horrible sin and if i'm in this relationship yeah, much longer. all of the sins are the same and Jesus forgives them equally. Not don't know what happened if she disappears. You know, not that I would ever do that, but <laughs> but know, for like, real, like being like that. Uh, my mom when she married uh, the devil, yeah, um, incarnate, yeah. Um, which you know, my mom's obviously we all know. Yeah, people who listen know yeah. about her, but yeah. uh, she got with this man. They eloped. I got off the bus one day, and she had a big rock on her finger from school. She's like, I got traumatized. She was outside smoking a cigarette with a big-ass ring, and I just shook my head and walked inside. Anyway, but the, uh, this man was so heavily abusive physically and emotionally. And, of course, she's a narcissist, so she kind of fed on it a little bit. But it got to a point where it was like, ooh, this could be serious. Yeah. And her mother, my mom's mom, very Christian told her that divorce is a sin and you just need to stick it out while she's getting thrown across the kitchen, mm-hmm. kicked physically yep. out of her bed at yep. night yep. while she's sleeping. Wait, wait, you know, like, where's... What? At <laughs> what point do you think 
what, what, what kind of human do you have to be? And and this is applies. This is something I experienced a, a different situation, obviously, like with 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 my parents um, when I came out being gay, being queer, being non-binary, all those things. At what point in your religion did the rules become more important than your family? So you as a parent want to watch your daughter being thrown across the room, physically beaten, kicked, you know, all of this emotional damage. You would rather know that's happening than to have her commit the horrible sin, quote unquote, of divorce that can be immediately forgiven because that's how Jesus works. Mm -hmm. Let her fucking sin for a little bit. (laughs) She can she can be a Christian until she's that five seconds that she signs that divorce papers. Sorry, Jesus. It's all done. Yeah. Never happened because that's how Jesus works. Forgive and forget. That's how it works. So what is so what 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 is it that's so horrible? You would like that is I was thinking about this the other day when parents. I I don't remember who it was or who told the story, but about a a queer kid, a, a kid coming out as gay and their parent telling them, I think their parent was a pastor or something. It was a very fundamental Christian church christian person that they would rather their child be dead than gay i think i think i saw that there was how at what point what kind of person what kind of religion what kind of jesus what kind of you know christianity do you follow that you think that's how jesus feels Mm -hmm. you are full of shit you are not serving jesus that's what i want to tell you what 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 you all need to know you are not a christian if you act like that, you are not serving Jesus. If there was a, if there is a God and there is going to be a rapture, you will be here on this <laughs> earth. You are not going. Jesus does not want you. <laughs> if you believe in Jesus, that's not how he behaves. Yep, you're Sorry. You're going to go up to him and you're going to be like, you're be like, oh my gosh, uh, I prayed and I did all these things and I, and I loved you. And, I, and he's going to look at you and be like, Sorry, I never knew you. Yep. Don't know who you are. Back away from me. He yeah. didn't. So you spent all of your time agonizing in prayer over your queer child instead of, I don't know, feeding the the hungry, housing the the houseless, uh, doing literally any fucking thing. <gasps> we got mega churches out here doing crazy shit during Christmas where people are flying through the air and there's big lights and productions yep. and steam and all this like it put, they put money. Thousands of dollars. Money. Thousands money of dollars. Into yeah. big money into that shit. And meanwhile, there's people outside of the church just beyond the walls who are starving to death or who have no homes, who mm-hmm. are struggling with addiction, who who need a simple just a sandwich. A fucking sandwich. Just they a need a sandwich. sandwich. They yeah. need a sandwich. They need just somebody to reach out and hi. Be, how are be you? Kind, be kind would be great. <laughs> Being kind would be wonderful. Yeah, I don't. I just don't understand the concept of. I start like all that money, and I, I mean, I I hope this doesn't sound conceited because I don't mean it to be, but I, especially when I left the church, especially when I left religion, and I realized that being a good person, like when my motivation for being a good person was not was no longer because I went through like this. Okay, I don't believe in heaven, so me being a good person isn't gaining me points towards anything. I believe that when I die, I'm going to be done. I mean, I believe in reincarnation, so I believe that, like, my soul will go to something else, you know, but I don't believe I'm going to heaven. I don't believe in heaven or hell. When you die, that's it. So it's like, so what's my motivation for being a kind person? I, like, I have a lot of trauma. I'm very angry and very frustrated. I'd rather be mean. It's easier for me to be mean. I am not, like, and I mean this very sincerely. I'm not, 
And I don't know if this is neurodivergent or just my personality or just that I'm an asshole, maybe a combination of all three. But like, I'm not interested in your stories about your kids. I don't want to hear about how your grandchild got a new job while I'm waiting for my coffee. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, cool, you got a perm. Wonderful. I'm happy for you. I don't fucking care. That was one of the things I struggled with the most is being a hairstylist is people talking about their dumbass lives. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's like I genuinely and I mean that. I mean, I'm saying it comically, but I mean that sincerely. I'm not a person who actively is like, oh, people are amazing. But I'm not okay with being that person. I believe that people deserve to be treated well. I believe that people deserve kindness and compassion and and validation and sincerity. I believe that it is not appropriate to talk like that to people. I believe that if someone feels like they want to share their happy life with you about how proud they are of their grandchild, you should validate that because that's like it doesn't take any effort and it makes them feel good. People deserve to be treated well. And we know what my motivation for that is. Simply that I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to like add up any points to go to heaven. I just think people deserve to be treated well. So it is just so baffling to me when Christians who claim to be following Jesus, who said people deserve to be treated well, and they're actually trying to earn points to go to heaven, treat people like shit, Mm -hmm. like utter shit. You think Jesus is okay with you yelling at the barista because they got your temperature on your coffee wrong? Mm -hmm. You think that that's okay? And you're actually the person that you say that you say that you're supposed to be the person that people should uh, strive to be like calling a 15 year old girl a murderer for trying to get an abortion yeah screaming at her while she's going in you think that's how jesus wants you to act that's protesting insane. pride parades like like physically hurting and uh, and uh, hindering and like abusing queer people you think that's how jesus wants you and you are supposed to be the standard for good behavior <laughs> i'm i'm a heathen and by your by your definition i'm going to hell i have nothing to lose my life is only going to get worse, according to you. And I'm yeah. nice to people because I think they fucking deserve it. So mm-hmm. who's the problem? Me? <laughs> yeah. No. No. It is certainly not me. Thank you. Atheists, like, or specifically atheists who believe literally nothing as far as when they die, that's it. That's it. Um, they are the nicest people. Yep. Genuinely. That you will come across. Yep. And it's like... Okay, but they have nothing to gain. You know, nothing to gain. Yeah. They're, They're not racking up points nice. somewhere <laughs> because they think people deserve it. That's, That's it. the thing is that like the nicest people I meet are not people who think that, you know, being nice to them, being nice is getting you anything. They're just nice because that's what they think sh- should be. That's just who they are, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I appreciate people who are not outwardly actively rude that's not what i'm talking about but people who are just authentic if they're just like hey you know what don't have the space for that sorry you know <laughs> or they're just like authentic i appreciate that more than someone who's you know faking it and trying to like pretend to be nice because that's what jesus wants when really they're just assholes you know or it's, it only lasts for a little bit of time like just people being who they are and being proud of who they are and being authentic and not trying to actively hurt people mm-hmm. is so much better to me. And I don't understand why that's not the motivation. Yeah. I, rem- I mean, I remember I remember uh, trying to rack up points, you know. Oh, God, yeah. It trying was exhausting. Get jewels in your crown. Exhausting. It's exhausting. Because yes. you're constantly, like, thinking about, like, okay, I'm having a simple interaction. 
what I do and what I say is going to rack up points, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's going to gain favor from God. Yeah. Blessings. We want blessings. Um, so I have to, like, intentionally, w- like, do this elaborate bullshit. It's manipulation and, you yeah. know, either manipulating yourself or the person. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Same time. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a whole thing of disgustingness when it yeah. should just be simple. It should be so simple of just, just kindness, just compassion. Relax. Yeah. Just be yourself. <laughs> relax. And don't be an asshole. It's yeah. not that hard. You know? It's just it it's genuinely not that hard. Like like even on the days that I have no spoons left, I'm exhausted. I don't feel good. I'm tired. I'm annoyed. I'm all of the things. It's still not that hard. I may not be bubbly and overflowing with love towards my barista, but I'm certainly not going to say anything mean to them and mm-hmm. I'm still going to tip them. Like it's not that hard, people. I just it's just it's just baffling to me. It's so baffling to me why that's such a, a a difficult concept for so many people to to grasp. I just don't understand it. Well, let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, and when we come back, I really would love to talk about New Year's resolutions and how dumb they are, uh, <laughs> or at least they are for me. And I would love to hear about um, what you as a Christian when you were, when you were going to church and what your church did if anything for New Year's and what like wild New Year's resolutions or practices or church services that you had so that's what we're going to be talking about when we come back would you like to be rubbed like a river Tony rubbed 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 like a river it does run me like a river it's rub me like a river is it really I think so it does uh, run well, let's settle this dispute right now. <laughs> Google. <laughs> I can't. What's happening right here? River by Bishop Briggs. Lyrics. Run me like a river. You're right. I thought it said, I always thought it said rub me like a river. What does that mean? Run me like a river? Run me like a river. I don't know. I need to, I need to find this out. <laughs> I need to understand this. What does this mean? What does it mean? <laughs> Cut me down the middle. <laughs> oh, sexual into window. It's definitely sexual. But I just don't know what the run specifically means. That's very strange to me. Like a river will run. The Titans willing to let go and be swept away by the river. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's still sexual, which is what I wanted, so that's fine. It's still, it's still sexy, very sexy. Anyways, so what I wanted to talk about is um, New Year's resolutions because tomorrow is New Year's Eve, and everyone. Is it? No, today is New Year's. Wait. No, tomorrow because Monday's the first. Today's the thirtieth. Ah. Um. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. Everyone makes New Year's resolutions. Um, I never make news resolutions because I don't. Well, for two reasons. One, I just think it's setting me up for failure. I never do them. Um, uh, two, I don't really view the new year, like January 1st, as like my beginning. I, I always view like my birthday as the as the turning point. Mm. So for some, I've always viewed that like if I'm going to make like a next year, my next year, whatever goals or whatever for the year it starts on my birthday not on january 1st i've just always viewed that as my kind of like new year's rotation my journey around the sun some people do it for halloween 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what, like whatever that day is for you. So those are the reasons I don't do New Year's resolutions. How do you feel about New Year's resolutions? I think it depends on intention. Yeah, 100%. I think that making New Year's resolutions like... I mean, don't like... Don't put all your all your eggs in the basket. You know what no. I mean? Yeah. Like, just... If you're going to make a New Year's resolution, don't be so serious about it. You know what I mean? I think setting harsh, like, harsh, like, goals or whatever like that is just setting yourself up for failure. Well, if you're, like, I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, when people get to a New Year's and they want to make a resolution and then they have good intention about it and, you know, they may achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. That's Or, you know, they have a goal for this yeah. year. Um, and that's great. But if you don't reach that goal that you made for yourself, like, don't beat yourself up. Also, make them open-ended. Don't say, like, I'm yeah. going to go to the gym every day of the week for this year. That's too much. No, absolutely not. Just no. say, I'm going to be healthier. Like, mm-hmm. my goal is to be healthier this year. I'm going to have intention in my on my health. My goal is to be healthier. <laughs> and then I have things underneath that intention mm-hmm. that are specific including going to the gym or eating healthier or not after eating after a certain time at night or whatever, you know, like those, those like, you know, footnotes underneath the main title, the other bullet points on your thing is fine, but make the resolution. If you're going to make that open-ended, I think a lot of people just get too upset with themselves. Yeah. Because like there's a, there is a stigma around New Year's resolutions. Like you got to stick with it. You got to, you got to do it. It's like everybody's their own on their own walk. Like give, like shut the fuck up. Like, calm the fuck down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, don't, don't. Like, yeah, it just, I just, I really genuinely feel like most of them are just setting yourself up for failure. You know, I think setting goals and intentions is really smart. You know, especially if it's kind of like your turning point. That's great, but like New Year's resolutions, I think, are just a really, really bad habit. Besides, <laughs> make a goal on a full, a full moon. Like, do yeah. it like the real, the real OGs. Exactly. <laughs> Do it like the Lord intended on a full moon, <laughs> naked in the forest with other witches. <laughs> exactly. Um, but what I would love to hear about is if you personally had any like wild New Year's resolutions when you were a Christian or if your church did anything like really strange for New Year's. Uh, mine did. I can't recall specifically New Year's or anything. I like... I mean, we had like New Year's uh, worship celebrations, yeah, um, and stuff like that. But w- I don't really recall like any crazy, or well, it was all crazy anyway. So it's like I don't know if the New Year's was any different. <laughs> but yeah. um, no. But what about you? We had um, what did we call them? There was a name for them. I don't remember what the name was, but we would have. We did this for most of my childhood up until probably when I was a teenager. We did it every year. But they were, gosh, I wish I could remember what they were called. It's right there. Maybe it'll come to me. But on New Year's Eve, whatever day that was, which really sucked if you had to work the next day, (laughs) we would have um, a church service. Where it started at like 7 p.m. or 8, I think 7. And we would have church all the way until the New Year's. And then at like 11.45 or 11.50, we would have an altar service and we would pray in the New Year. So that everyone was praying at midnight when the New Year's happened. When New Year's, you know, it ticked over to New Year's. We did this every year for my entire childhood. It was 
horrible, horrible, because there was no <laughs> child care. There was no, like, someone taking the kids out and, you know, playing with them, let them watch a movie while they fall asleep or whatever. You just had to be there and sit there in this service that went on for five hours. It was, like, three or four church services in one. We would, like, have worship and then, like, have the choir and then someone would preach. And then we'd just basically do it all over again four, four or five times. And... Oh, my God, the years where the quote-unquote spirit didn't move, where no one, like, jumped up and shouted for an hour or two, were the worst. Because you just had, like, they had, like, five speakers or six speakers lined up. And so, and they put all the interesting ones first. So, <laughs> so <if laughs> nothing happened. Then you had, like, old Grandma Gertrude up there talking about the good old days for the next 45 minutes, you know? <sighs> it was so awful. It was so miserable. And we and yeah, and we did that every single year. And then and then um, uh, so that was old pastors traditions. New pastors tradi- traditions is the week of New Year's the week that I think it was that week. I think it was that week, the week of New Year's. We would have this. We did this 24 hour prayer thing so that like for an entire week, we tried to 24 hours. There was someone praying. And they would set up this prayer room upstairs that was like plush carpet. Like there was like candle lit or like low lighting. There was like oil anointing oil. There was a CD player that could play worship music. And you would sign up to take an hour of the day, as many hours as you wanted. You could do like three hour, a three hour block. You could do, uh, you know, but we're talking 24 hours. So there were you had to sign there were people that had to sign up for one o'clock in the morning and two o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning. People would sign up for six o'clock in the morning and get up early and go pray. I didn't get paid six, for it. Nope. And so <laughs> you know, the pr- like and there were a couple of years where we had almost twenty four hours covered. People were praying, you know, twenty four sure. and we would pray that whole week over the New Year's. Sister Beth Ann had like five hours, maybe six, seven hours. She could do she could do it. Absolutely. What the fuck else is she gonna do? <laughs> She's got a lot of people to pray for because there was a lot of sin in her opinion, you know. I would just go up there. Uh, I would take some late night shows sometimes, and I would go up there and just end up falling asleep because it was fucking two o'clock in the morning. Of course, what the fuck else am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Talk to Jesus for an entire hour? He was probably asleep too. It was the middle of the night. Ah, uh, I don't know. This well, uh, it's about prayer, so it's not totally off topic. But uh, it reminded me of um, I was uh, doing a prayer tent. Um, What's that? Huh? Tell me what a prayer tent is. Uh, during an event or something that's outside of church, we set up a prayer tent to give people the option to come. And pr- we had a prayer tent set up for a uh, Christian concert. It was in Michigan at the, when I was living there. Made a prayer tent. Um, and oh, to- I've never heard of a prayer tent. Toby Mac. Toby Mac. Toby Mac came <laughs> and did a little number. And um, at, a, at a at a thing your church put on. No, it was. Toby Max con. Oh, okay. But well, it was like a production or um, first half of the day, like in the during the daytime, it was um, Toby Mac and a couple other nobody cares, and then a <laughs> <laughs> couple other no names. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then the last half was it was a uh, a uh, country artist who came. I think Hunter Hayes. Um, I don't know. Came. I can't remember if it was Hunter Hayes or not, but there was a couple com- country artists, and the prayer tent stayed for the that the Christian part and the so I was there all day in this prayer tent, 
praying, just praying the whole time. Praying for people. They would come in, people would come in, and we'd pray for them. And, um, but during the country part, not one person came in. No, they don't need Jesus. They already found him. Yeah. He's, he's on stage singing with Hunter Hayes. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? They don't need Jesus. He's not a prayer tent. But there was one woman who came in, um, and, oh, uh, this woman came in, and she wanted me to pray for her son. And, um, gay? no. Oh, that's unfortunate. Be like, if you give him, if you give me his number, I'll call and pray for him personally. <laughs> Where is he? We have another prayer tent. I'm about to pop a prayer tent if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> In about five minutes, there's going to be a small prayer tent small around the corner. Right around the corner. All right. Why is that so dark? Well, we just want to make sure that we're not distracted by other people. What is this hole? Yeah. <laughs> Why is there a hole in the tent? Nobody said. Stop asking questions. It's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> but she, um, she was talking about her son or I guess he was, uh, he was struggling with addiction, um, specifically like drugs. And she was talking to me about this. And then. So he was gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she was being like, the way she was talking about him was disgusting. It was like, like, oh my gosh, he's just this and that and that. And like, and I. And he's just shooting up on the streets. And I just went, I can't have anything. And to I. Do with and she was talking about how one time he needed help and or food. And she was like, no. No, you can't. I like, and she was telling me, she's like, I just can't help him at all anymore. Like, I, there's nothing I can do. It's like, first of all, I'm not trying to get in their business like that. I'm just here to pray in general. But, um, she was being, she was one of those, she triggered me. Yeah. Because I was like, you're neglectful and he's probably this way because of you. Do you realize that he's on drugs because he needs to forget all of the horrible things you did to him? Yes. You're the problem, Sister Susan. Yeah. So (laughs) I was like, all right, let's pray. Mm-hmm. So I started praying and for her son, and then, <laughs> and then I go, oh, so good. Oh, I, I was like, I was like, you know, God, I just ask that you help, help, yeah. help mm-hmm. the son and and all that and whatever and whatnot. And I was like, and Lord, can you please just open the heart of this mother and and show her or show her how to be kind and loving towards her son and <laughs> and and, and yes. she like. She didn't say anything, but she was like, oh, and like, she, she was twitchy. And then, not in the spirit way either. And, <laughs> no, yes, this wasn't the Holy Ghost. And then, but I like kept it going. I like, I was like, yeah. You're a passive aggressive prayer. <laughs> yes. 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 And then, <laughs> I love it. And then afterwards, she goes, thanks. And then just walks out. <laughs> and I was like, that's Jesus's way of saying, you're the problem, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, I decided that um, the third, the title of the third book in my um, memoir is going to be Glory Hole. Glory, Glory Hole. Glory Hole. Isn't that great? I love I have it. this series of books I want to write about my experiences growing up Christian and queer. And the first one is called Life with Nails. And it's the hand. It's like basically the hand of Jesus with acrylic nails. And then there's a hole in it for the nail. But the blood that's dripping is like the pride flag colors. Oh, pride cool. trans flag colors. And then the next one is going to be about like my experience with drag and how what it did for me and everything. And it's going to be called Nineteen Nylons and Counting. <laughs> Do you remember the Duggars Nineteen Kids and Counting? No. <laughs> okay, good because it was horrible. But there there was that series Nineteen Kids and Counting. But it's you know it's going to be Nineteen Nylons and Counting. And then the third one's going to be called Glory Hole. <laughs> 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 I've just decided because <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like Glory Hole, Glory Hole. That's like that's perfect. Yeah. A former Christian definitely came up with that title. 
glory hole. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think so. If you don't know what a glory hole is, listeners, just Google it. It'll, it'll be fine. You're uh. confused. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, you won't regret it, trust me. <laughs> Please be at least 18 years of age. <laughs> if you are under 18, do not Google anything. <laughs> we are not recommending that at all. <laughs> if you're under 18, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> do you have your parents' consent? <laughs> to listen to this podcast, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, that... That, I love passive-aggressive praying. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I used to That's do amazing. that a lot, actually. Everyone does. Passive-aggressive prayer. What do you think prayer? praying in church was? It was about gossip. It was about uh, finding yeah. out, like, well, if you tell me the specifics, I'll know what to pray for. Okay, Christina, we know that you're just trying to, like, find out the, the gossip. We know it's just gossiping. I just, I, I know what I need to pray for. I just need to know what to pray for, specifically. Names, dates, times, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was... It was we- like that. I still every, every no boundaries. No, not at all. In the church. No, there really isn't. There really isn't. Um, it's really unfortunate. Every every year, I think about those, um, like those praying in the New Year's and how, and then also especially the week of praying, like having that week of 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 praying. You know what? It, it was supposed to be like transformative too. Like you're supposed to like go into this week of praying, like and come out with like a, a plan for the whole year, direction for the whole year. And here was what was the damaging thing for me, besides the fact that we are completely altering our lives and taking, like that's just unhealthy to do. You know, you got work the next day, you're praying at two o'clock in the morning, and then I have to go home and get four hours of sleep and go up and cut people's hair out the, the whole time the next day. It's not. It wasn't good. It's it's bad. It's bad. 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 And um, besides the like damaging of your health, it's I always came out of that so disappointed because I never got this this magical direction. I never like went into the prayer week trying to figure out my life because for me, what I needed answers for Jesus, it had nothing to do with Jesus. I was trying to stop being gay. I was trying to find out how to have a better wife. You know, like I was not a better wife, but like I was trying to find out how to be happy in my marriage is what I meant. I was trying to like figure out how to stop being, you know, like get rid of homosexuality and try to overcome my temptations and blah, 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 all the stuff that couldn't happen. So I was just setting myself up for failure every single year. And so I just, every single year, I just walked away from it feeling like, oh, God doesn't have anything for me, you know? So then I ended up having to make something up because everyone else in the fucking church had some huge revelation that week. That was the whole point, having this huge breakthrough in revelation. And I never got mine ever, you know, because obviously... The huge revelation, revelation was that I was gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it was, it always just set, like, I think that's what really put a bad taste in my mouth for resolutions. Besides the fact I do, I genuinely do think they're setting, it sets people up for failures. That whole concept just like completely was destroyed for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not, not a good practice at all. Not a good practice at all. You know, I was thinking about, there's no way of knowing. <laughs> <laughs> it could literally be anything. <laughs> it is. It's something. It's. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if you felt this way when you were growing up in church, but there's like this home feeling when you go to church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in, like almost a safe space. When you mm-hmm. grow up in a home that is has a very negative environment, and when we went to church, I knew when I walked through those doors, I could like I could go downstairs to the um to get away from my parents. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the abuse stopped. 
Yeah. Immediately because they're putting on a show now. Yeah. So there was a couple hours there while we were in that building or whenever we were in that building where it was was like it was safe and it felt comfortable. Yep. Absolutely. And like you kind of it's a weird psychological attachment to that building. Yes. Like for association. Yep. Families. Yeah. Because it for that like two hours or three hours that you were in church. Your family pretended to be a good family, mm-hmm. you know, like you knew that if you got in trouble, your dad wasn't my dad wasn't going to yell at me or scream at me or abuse me. He was just going to like, you know, get on to me or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be a big deal. I knew that that I could get away from him for that couple hours. I could be in Sunday school or whatever, you know, and I just knew for that few hours it was going to be it was going to be good and everything was going to be OK, you know. But then that also like for me, there was also the dread of when we left church because I knew it was all going to go back to the way it was. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing that's really kind of so damaging is that when you, when you are told that Jesus can do anything every single week I went to church, I just wanted my dad to stop being horrible, you know? So every week I went to church with this hope of like, maybe this will be the week that dad stops being horrible and he, he finally gets it, you know? Then he never did, of course. Mm-hmm. But every week I went to church hoping that this would be the week, you know, and because God can do anything. So I don't know why he's not doing this, you know. Yeah. So that constant build up and let down and then building up and then letting down, build up and let down week after week, year after year. It, that, I mean, that in and of itself is really damaging. Just the, the maintaining hope for something that can never happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Is also pretty pretty intense. I would go to when I got older and ended up leaving or living. I was living with my mother, so after the divorce, ended up moving. Um, and but when I would go back, when I started getting older, and, and I would go visit my dad or whatever, I would look for. I would actually there was a couple times where I went to the church by myself. Really? Because um, he stopped going uh, to that, and. Um, and I would go there just for that feeling yeah. that I used to get. That mm-hmm. feeling of like, oh, I'm safe now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just Nothing that. can happen to me in this building. Mm-hmm. You know? There's also other people around. That was another thing I liked when I liked going to events with my dad. I mean, there was always the embarrassment because he always like made a point of embarrassing me. Like I hate that's one of the reasons why I hate birthdays. Because every time I had a birthday party when I was a kid, my dad would make a show of of getting me in trouble in front of all of my friends. He would like pull me aside and like chew me out in front of all of my friends. And it just got to where I didn't want to have birthday parties anymore because it was too embarrassing Mm -hmm. or I didn't want him to be there, you know? Um, But going to events because I knew that like there were other people there. So if my dad lost his shit that I was going to be safe because I could get help from someone else. So I really liked that aspect as well. Mm -hmm. So I was always excited when we were going to go to something like that, you know? Because I knew my grandparents would take care of me. My aunts and uncles would take care of me if I needed it. Well, not my uncle. He's kind of worthless. But everyone else, you know, there were friends there that that were safe. It felt safe, you know. Yeah. I still miss that feeling of community. I still think about it often. And there's still that pull. I don't want to be religious. But I had a, I I think it happens every year at Christmas time, the holidays or whatever. I start to get a little nostalgic because I do miss the... The one thing I miss, especially I went to Faith Center after I left Bad Church. I went to Faith Center for a few years. And Faith Center was really great. I don't appreciate. I've heard that they've kind of like, 
I heard that the new pastors of Faith Center, as good of people as they are, kind of made a statement from the from the pulpit that like even though we don't agree with gay people's lives, we still have to accept them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which in their mind was being supportive, but that's just yeah, you know, it's it's not I've it's heard not, that before. Yep, it's not the stance to take, and and it's and it's encouraging the wrong thought process. So that was a little disappointing. So I mean, queer people are welcome in their church, but there's still that agenda. There's yeah. still that like it would be better if you were not gay, you know. Mm-hmm. But the former pastors, I don't know how they felt about queer people specifically at beyond the fact that I knew that they didn't like when I came out I was going to face center and I told my mom and she obviously had a meltdown and went to talk to our pastors because they couldn't didn't have anybody else to talk to at the point at that point because bad pastors were horrible they uh, lost their shit and so she went to talk to the pastors of face center who was amazing and basically the message it was so great because my mom's so conservative mm-hmm. as far as like appearance and stuff not concerned like she is conservative like in the but she's very like reserved and like at the time it was there was modesty and all that. They, she didn't wear makeup. She didn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And she goes over to talk to the pastor of a <laughs> face center, the former pastor of face center, who's laying out in her. It was the only time frame she had to talk to her laying out in her backyard in a bikini sunbathing, you know, and I just loved that. You know, that <laughs> my mom was going to talk to a pastor about her gay son who was laying out in the backyard sunbathing in a bikini like. If there was a God. (laughs) Um, But she was basically like, it's not that big of a deal. Jesus doesn't care that much. Like, it wasn't like, she wasn't saying gay people weren't important. She was saying, like, in the grand scheme of things, God doesn't really care. So, like, not that big of a deal. Like, Mm -hmm. not going to keep them out of heaven. It's It's not that big of a deal, you know? And ever since that point, my mom had a definitely a different perspective. On it, so, but I said all that to say, you know, the district still doesn't allow gay people on the platform, and that's a problem. But anyways, yeah, um, I said all that to say those few years were really great. They were really great because um, I volunteered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Faith Center was very active in the community. They did. They have like a celebrate recovery, which is basically an even more Christian version of AA, and I don't support i don't agree or disagree with that it's what they're doing it's fine it's it's great um they have outreach they they actively consistently have outreach for the houseless community and getting food and clothing and to the people who need it like they consistently have that they constantly you know they do things for the community often regularly and i was involved in a lot of things and involved in the christmas play they put on every year and involved in a a lot of volunteering i spent a lot of time there and it's really lovely and i and i formed some really great friendships um that i still have today and uh i really i miss that i miss that community i miss not that community i miss that feeling of community i miss knowing that every sunday i was going to go see people that i liked who were doing the same thing i was doing Mm -hmm. i miss the opportunity to have just that structure of volunteering and and um and active community work I miss just those that like the friendships that you can form there. I really miss it, you know, and that's a human thing, not a Christian thing. Yeah. It's just that like that structure is really conducive to those things. And I think Faith Center, at least under the former leadership, I d- again, I don't know the new leadership. Um, 
under the former, they were doing a lot of things right. Yeah. You know, like I don't agree with their teachings per se, but as far as the community goes, they were doing a lot of things right. And um, I do miss that. Yeah. Which unfortunately lot. very few churches churches do do things right with the community I, I the same church that i grew up in late uh, years down the road when i had moved back in with my dad um for my senior year of high school um i had enough of my mother <laughs> but i moved back long? yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had, had enough, enough of, of her. her many times i've had <laughs> enough of her and i don't i've never even met her <laughs> so i moved in with him um and I decided to go back to the church, mm-hmm. mostly because of the community thing. I think I missed that. Well, I missed the nostalgia of that, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling of safety and everything anyway. So I went back there and um, found out that they were doing this outreach um, thing that was being ran by one specific guy. Um, I was uh, feeding the homeless population. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we go... And or I go and uh, <clears throat> this man um, and his wife were were running this thing, and what they would do is they would do Bible study and then feed them. Oh, I hated that. Yes, and he and then sometimes some of the uh, people people would show up after the Bible study to get food and he would say something to them. Like he should have been at the Bible yeah. study. And like, first of all, and he would complain about it. Ugh, people need like, why aren't they showing like what? Because they don't need your religion. Your they agenda need is fucked up. Yes. Do not use fundamental human needs as disciplinary actions or motivation or as like, Holding it in front of someone's, like to get to get yeah. To get something this is not it. transactional. No, this is these if people. Want, if people need food, then feed them. No strings attached. Like it's it, it, there's not that's condition. You know. Yeah. It's not unconditional at all. When nope. like you're, uh, whole when you're literally holding food in front of a starving person's face, dangling yep. it and being like, look, you gotta even, if you want this, then you gotta. That's just a, like even in like addiction studies, like like a. a I took a, a, a class, I don't, I think, I don't remember what it was, but I learned something about addiction studies. And one of the concepts is, is like meet the, like meet their needs first, like feed them, get, get people shelter, get people food, get people clothing, meet their needs first before you work on anything past that. You know, they're, they, if they've got a, uh, if they've got an addiction that's causing them harm and they're wanting to get away from that meet their needs first feed them clothe them shelter them then you can work on like there's no it is impossible to focus on anything else if mm-hmm. you're starving it's mm-hmm. if you're cold if mm-hmm. you need to, it it's impossible you have to meet the needs first that's just common sense that's just fundamentals so like same thing in parenting do not use food and clothing and shelter as disciplinary actions well you didn't behave so you don't get dinner no Food is fundamental is a fundamental right. You have to feed people. Like it's just yeah. Using that as a bargaining chip for religion or for to get them to like sit through a Bible study is just so disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. And of course none of them cared. No. Like there there was many like they would sit through that Bible study for an hour. 
an hour is for a Bible study is eternal, especially with people who don't want to be there. And so they were just, just like, oh, fucking hurry up. Like, I just want I'm to starving. eat. I'm starving. You know, that's probably the only meal they ate all day. And they have to sit through a fucking Bible study. God, that's torture. Bible studies are fucking boring. Especially from Baptists. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. There's a... Let me tell you what. It's amazing that I um not struggling with like hardcore drug addiction. <laughs> uh, genuinely same like same like not I, just the trauma but like just the, just from that Bible study. From the Bible studies alone. <laughs> from that alone that sent me into a spiral. Me to the darkness, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I swear to God I don't do anything else. Bible uh, studies I hated Bible studies. They were awful. I hated them. It was like the so worst boring. talk show or podcast you've ever been to. Someone who, some some uneducated, you know, like uninformed person grabs the Bible, reads two scriptures, and then has an hour long opinion, like piece. Yeah, an hour long a TED talk that no one wants to hear. Nine out of ten times it was out of context anyway. Yes, exactly. They just read the Bible scriptures because it was a Bible study, but they just really wanted to give their opinion and promote their agenda. They mm-hmm. had, had nothing to do. You're like you just read one of the Ten Commandments and then you talked about how much you hate this other person and how they did it. You're like that's gossip, sweetie. That you're yeah. just gossiping. You just read the Ten Commandments because you had to read something to call it a Bible study. Yeah, those were the worst. Yeah, the absolute worst. I didn't like that. No, not at all. You know, I had so I get I'm I'm starting school in. Um, <clears throat> this just made me think of this. I'm starting school CR in January. I'm very excited about Yay. it. Yay! Yay! And one of the programs that they offer is they have therapy. They offer. They have this. They go through this, this thing, and they have. You can get access to therapy, like one session a month for twelve months, or one session a. M- you get twelve sessions a year, and you know, like, it re-ups in August, I think. So mm-hmm. between now and August, I have twelve sessions with a therapist, and it's just it's just part of the program for. Students and the person I chose, just like out of the list, just looked at what they specialized. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He like he read my file, he read my description, read my things that I put in there. He asked my pronouns at the beginning. Um, so considerate. So yeah, it was great. He gave it. He was like, he gave his pronouns and asked mine. So it wasn't just like, nice. what do you want to go by? Like it was, that's how it should be. Um, and you know, it was really great because I've had a lot of therapy. I've ha- I have a lot of tools. I have a lot of thing. You know, I've learned a lot of th- things from really good therapists. So for me, I didn't want to like start at the beginning. I wanted to find someone who's like, can we jump into the deep end where I'm at and go from there? And he 100% did that. It was so fucking incredible. Like to just have a therapist that listened to me, believed me, and met me where I was at. It was really great. It was a really great experience. But just one of the things that he so he went through kind of like some things that like here's some things you can do to help with what you're going through. Like he's like, I'm not going to talk about like journaling and meditating because you you you've you've done that already. Like you you know those things. You know I'm not going to talk about the basics. You're doing that. So let's talk about some other things. One of the things he mentioned was volunteering specifically. He said volunteering can be very helpful, mm-hmm. and it just. It just, I, it's so simple. It's such a simple thing. I've just never thought of volunteering as a tool to help with my trauma. Yeah. To help with my anxiety, to help with my trauma, to help with the things that I'm going through. I've never thought of volunteering as a, as a, as an option that like benefits the community, but also will help me heal. Yeah. 
It was helping others helps you. It really fucking does. It really does. If it's nothing else but a distraction from like all of the, you know, the, 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 the storm that's happening in your head. If it's just a distraction from that, it's great. But like, there's so many aspects of volunteering that really are very healing. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I do some volunteering already occasionally, but I'm, I'm kind of wanting to get into this, like, like find a, a, an organization or find a, um, a thing that I'm passionate about and then be like, how can I help? What can I do? What's, what's, what's happening? You know, what are you guys doing? What can I, how can I help with that? So, um, it just made me think about like when I was talking about Face Center and how they did a lot of outreach and stuff like it, it, I really do. That's kind of like if, if I was going to say I make a New Year's resolution, which I don't and I'm not going to, but like if I was going to say a goal or attention, intention, that's definitely one of them is mm-hmm. like, and I don't just think like volunteering, like not just like, oh, cool, this event's happening. I'm going to go volunteer at it. You know, like, oh, they're doing a drag show and they need a door person. That's volunteering, right? It is technically. And that totally counts. Whatever. I'm not saying that it doesn't. But for me specifically, I mean, like, I want to find an organization that is offering a service to people who need it. Yeah. And then I'm going to volunteer for that organization and help in whatever capacity I can. You should you know? check out Queer Humble. I'm going to. That's one of the, that was at the top of the list. Because they got shit ton of mm-hmm. things. They got a lot going on. They have a lot going on. So I'm 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 wanting to I'm that's that's gonna be my thing that I'm gonna be that I'm gonna be really trying to focus on in the next also anybody weeks. who's listening, queerhumbled uh dot org. Org? I think it's queerhumble.org. Let me look. Queerhumble dot uh org maybe. And then um well, was there something specific with that or did you just want to promote them? Well, I wanted to promote them and uh, because yes, it's they're they're humble.org. Okay, because they have so many resources. Um, if you go to their website, they have so many resources, um, like so many. And if you just yeah. email them, like I emailed them about something, and they responded, and really they responded within twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and they were very genuine. It wasn't like it like it was just amazing. Like they're amazing people who do a lot of things and um, I recommend I definitely recommend and you can follow them on Queer Humboldt uh, on their Instagram too yeah they were really great I know the person who runs it and um, they're really they're a really good person they have a community calendar that just talks about all of the queer things going on yeah support groups for trans and non-binary youth and parents and caregivers of trans and non-binary youth support groups there's a lot they have a lot there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have like NA meetings and AA meetings that are queer folk that are queer run, and that's cool. There's actually quite a bit going on I didn't know about. Hmm. That'd be cool. So yeah, that's what I I feel like that's what I would recommend for anybody if you're kind of like if this is your you're listening to this around New Year's and you're like I don't know what to do I don't like I don't you know, have a resolution or I want to make a resolution or whatever. That's what I feel like would be a really great thing to focus on going into the new year is like, is volunteering, like volunteering with intention, not just doing something because someone asked, Hey, I'm putting on this event. Will you help me? But like finding something you're passionate about and then volunteering with that organization to help promote them. Like volunteering with intention. Yeah. I think is really, 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 really big. Yeah. Yeah sounds like such a simple concept but it really 
there's so many there's so much about the process you have to like set time aside for it you have to like go whether you're feeling like it or not you're getting out of yourself you're 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 taking from the energy that you have to give to something else and creating a difference in in another person's life like there's so many steps there's so much about it that's can be really healing i feel like mm-hmm. i have a i have my well it's not a year's resolution i just it's an intention mm-hmm. of uh where um i re- like i i knew this but i needed to be reminded because yeah. I, I guess I've forgotten it, and sometimes that happens. Happens <laughs> um, <awesome> for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I heard somebody on TikTok, she just came across my page, but she was talking about, um, she said one of the most healing things that you can do is lose control. In other words, stop trying to control people around you. Stop trying to control people's feelings. Stop trying to control things that are out of your control. Yeah. Um, stop worrying so, mu- so much about what other people think. What they feel, what how they're, what they're gonna do, um, all that kind of stuff. And she was talking about like you put so much energy into yeah. into that mm-hmm. that um, it's exhausting yeah. and you're hindering yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you lose control, you give yourself kind of a space to um, well heal and mm-hmm. be present. Yeah, that's my. That's a big one. That's a really big one. That's. And it's amazing when you actually think about it, how like, because I think all humans do it oh, unintentionally, you especially know? people with trauma. Yeah. Especially with people with trauma. Because you're, you know, you want to control your surroundings. Yes. So that it can be because you're you just you have this desire for a safe space or whatever. Yeah. So you feel like that you have to control everything, um, even people to a certain extent. And it's like, well, but that it is quite exhausting. One of the most. <laughs> valuable lessons I've ever learned is that which is very common especially for people who have who experience trauma who have low self-esteem who really deal struggle with that is that when you <coughs> when you manipulate the environment or manipulate someone unintentionally you know when you um, uh, are trying to get validation from someone I'm trying to think of an example um, a very basic example, and I don't know if this is going to be as clear as I want it to be, but like when, s- like, when someone says, like, "Oh, hey, do you mind going with me to the store?" And then, p- no, I don't mind. Are you sure? Because because if you do mind, you don't have to go. Mm-hmm. You've just taken away their agency to like express them, like to be believed, to be validated, like mm. so. S- do you want to go to the store? With, will you go to the store with me? Yes, I will. Are you sure? Because you don't have to. You've just told them that you don't believe them, mm. that you don't believe what they're telling you, you that you don't, um, uh, that you're not, that like, you don't believe them at face value. Mm-hmm. And that starts this, and then they have to reassure you. Then they have to validate you. Then they have to, mm. you know, like, no, really, I promise. I really do want to go totally. Then you're trying to get more out of them, you know, like, well, I I feel bad asking. No, of course, I always want to do. I'll help you anytime. Jesus Christ, Aiden, just call me out next time. <laughs> At me next time. Are you kidding? It was so like life changing and horrifying, and also very helpful for me to realize that that um that like this that whole concept of trying to get that val is is actually taking away people's agency to just express themselves. Yeah, you know. Wow. And. That was that was that was a big one. That was a big one for me. Um, I literally, me and my boyfriend just had this, where I'm just like, 
He just wanted to give me something. Mm-hmm. He wanted to give. And I was like, are you sure about And like that, he was like getting low-key annoyed. Sure, of course. Which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I would sure too. You, are you sure you don't have to? Like, are you sure this is okay? Are you sure you want to? Are you sure you want to? Yeah. It's that like you're taking away that that the other person's agency to just to just be who they are and, and just express what they want and do what yeah. they want, you know, and just believe them at face value, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's you're taking away their agency to to um especially if you especially if you go like like um you know especially if it's like uh like we'll do the gift one. I, I'm trying to come up with a really good example. You know, like, oh hey, I got you something. Oh, you didn't have to do that. No, I can't accept that. That's too much. You're taking away their agency to just do something nice for you. That you they know? wanted to do. That they want to do. Like just letting like the practice of just believing. Just believe someone. If they if you say, Hey, can you help me? And they say, Yes, I can, just believe them. Just take that, you know. Um I have a friend who does that. Mm-hmm. And because I have a tendency to do the whole like Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you want to go to coffee? If not, if you don't want to go, it's totally fine. I completely understand. I know that Fridays are really busy days for you, so you're probably kind of tired. So if you don't want to go, I would totally get it. They're an adult. They can say yes or no. But now they have to, now they have to, no, I promise, I really do want to go. I've definitely got the energy. I don't have anything going on. Like, are you sure you want to go? Like, cause you really don't have to. No, I really want to see you. Mm. I really want to like, I want to spend time with you. You're taking away their agency to just make a decision to just yeah. be believed, to just express what they want. You know, they're there. You're setting up this, this, you're trying to manipulate the environment and yeah. um, it's, and you're not doing it intentionally. You think you're doing it for the other person. You think that you're, um, you think that you're like, giving them an out or that you're, you know, like helping them to have multiple choices, you know, like, mm-hmm. and really what you're doing is you're just manipulating the environment so that you don't have to deal with rejection or deal with, mm. you know, yeah, the, the possibility of them, you know, like you're already setting yourself up that if they say no, you've already explained why. And, and, and you can just accept that as, a, oh, well, they, they were just too busy. They just didn't have enough time or whatever. It's not me. And it's like, it's not you. It's just them being honest with you, mm-hmm. you know? And it gets, it gets really, uh, for me, it gets really frustrating when people do that to me. And I think it's because I did it to so many people. I did it for so long where it's like, um, where it's like, if I said yes, believe me, I'm not lying to you. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lying to make you feel better. If I said, I'll do it, I'll do it. Just believe me, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've even got to the point where if someone says like, um, Hey, I don't, you know, like, I don't know if you can, I don't know if this is something you can do. Um, I'm trying to think of an example where they say like, where they counteract it with like, I, you know, do you really think you could do this? And like, yeah, I can do that. You know what? I, I, I don't like, I feel bad asking. Like, I'm so sorry. I asked Let's just, you know, like, let's just forget it. Okay. If you don't want me to do it, that's fine. They're setting you up for that. Like, no, I promise I really want you to do it. No, seriously, please let me help you. Let me help you. You know, mm-hmm. they're setting up that. You know what? It's I shouldn't have even asked. I should I shouldn't have even asked. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. We can just forget it. Okay. Let's forget it then. Dust off the old bridge. Yep. <laughs> okay. Don't have to okay, cool. Let's not do it. 
and then that when when you just accept them for what they said to you, it causes like, well, well, uh, well, I thought you were going to no, you said, let's forget it. So I forgot it. OK, like I'm taking you at face value. You know, I'm not explaining it very well. And I wish I knew what the, the name of the concept was. But oh, man, it literally like changed my life. My therapist, when that therapist told me that. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing how much people do that and don't think about it. It's manipulation yeah. is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. It's you're, you're trying to manipulate people into falling, you know, into agreeing with you or helping you or not helping you or doing whatever so that you can mm. set up the scenario of either not having to deal with rejection or set up the scenario of like, oh, no one wants me. No one likes me anyways. You know, mm. you're, you're manipulating the situation. Yeah. And it's, it's actually really unhealthy and can get very offensive. Yeah. Almost like trying to keep it in your court. You're yes. Being controlling. One hundred percent. You're being controlling. <laughs> Shut up at that day. But you don't real like it's a self defense mechanism because you can't handle rejection. Uh. You can't like rejection for me. Re- it's like there's a thing called rejection sensitivity disorder, and it goes along with ADHD, neurodivergency, and also but specifically trauma, like mm-hmm. more specifically trauma. Rejection sensitivity is where it is world crushing for someone to say no you know like hey you want to go grab coffee oh, i don't think i'm not feeling it today i fall apart you hate me you've always hated me you've never ever liked me this was all a facade hmm. and um so to avoid that i try to manipulate the situation so that people so that i have a reason when they're done you know mm-hmm. um and that whole when people do the whole like i know this is a really big deal and i'm so sorry for even asking um i know you probably just like hate me for asking but do you want to go to coffee fuck that no that's not you're setting you're setting it up you're manipulating the situation into Mm. getting the response that you want they're either most of the time when you say it like that people are gonna be like fuck no, I really want to go. Trust me. I promise you. I really like you. You're the best person in the world. Mm. I would love to have coffee with you today. You're setting it up for that like intense validation as opposed to just letting people be, you know. I mean, that's what I was doing. Let me rephrase that. That's what I was doing. I was trying to set up. It's because I was just so sensitive for rejection. I just couldn't handle it. Mm. Yeah. When it's not. It's not. It th- That, that, that filters and translates into your relationships and your friendships and then you what that actually is is you cannot believe that anyone would actually like you so that was my thing is that when i when i came out and i started making friends started like making friends with people who had nothing to do with god or religion or church there was not that common you know commonality um i did i thought that my friends were patronizing me i still have a hard time to this day believing that anyone wants to be my friend just because I'm a good person. Like I, I have a very hard time believing that. And I have to like actively convince myself and remind myself that like people like me because, uh, because they like me because of who I am. Like that my found my relationships aren't based on like my trauma or my, you know, they're not patronizing me for the first like two years that I, the first people that I really connected with after coming out for the first two years, I genuinely believe they were just patronizing me because they felt bad for me. That they weren't actually my friends, and it's it's. I'm only your friend because all the money you have. (laughs) Well, I'm going to school, so I was going to change real quick. (laughs) Good thing you got yourself a boyfriend with a full time job, (laughs) because I am broke. (laughs) Uh, But did that make sense? I felt like I rambled on a little bit, but no, that makes a lot of sense. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, 
it kind of like honestly though it's very helpful because see that's like when you have this i uh the knowledge or understanding at least you may not be full understanding or whatever of just something like that then you're able to intentionally think about it when you do it yep and you can see it and you can yeah. recognize it you can and you go oh Okay, wait a minute. not going to do that. Not going to say it that way. Going to reword it. I, I, it changed how I text people. <laughs> it changed how I ask and I'm sure for plans. I'll, like even as you start to pull that back, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable. It's because, excruciating because you're not using your normal uh, tactics. Yep. So and then you're going to feel unsafe or or something. Yep. I can already feel it. I'm imagining right now. Oh, 100 percent. I'm it uncomfortable. Feels, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's like, it's excruciating because you have to be okay with just like what you said and who you are, you mm -hmm. know? So if you say something, you know, I, how many times have you done that? Have I, I, I know I've done it. it. This is just kind of an open-ended question. How many times have you said something or done something and then asked the person like, oh, was that okay? Was that too much? Are, are, is that okay? Are we okay? Like, what does, what are they going to say? Like in that moment, what are they going to say? Especially if you do it around other people or in a in a position when they when they can't answer truthfully, you're just looking for that validation. No, it was fine. No, that was totally fine. The way mm. you said it was great. That was no. I'm totally fine. That was great. You're you're fantastic. You're just looking. You're 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 like you're organizing validation, and that's not real validation. Yeah. And that gets exhausting for people. You're not allowing them to be honest. You're not. Like you just just be comfortable with what you said. You said something feels like it might be awkward. Deal with the consequences. If someone has a problem with it, they will reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Don't manipulate the circumstance for them to be forced into validation because then you're taking away their agency to just be honest with you. And you can't ever have anything but shallow relationships if you do that. And yeah. I'm, I'm saying this from experience because this is that this was my life. This was my life and still is. It's still something I struggle with regularly on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Just you have, but it takes intense self-awareness and like being comfortable with yourself. Okay. I said this and I'm just going to, and I'm not talking about rude shit. I'm not talking about being an asshole. I'm just talking because I feel bad about everything I say, anything and everything that comes out of my mouth. I'm always like, that was stupid. You know, that was dumb. I'm so dumb. Uh, no one loves me. No one wants to help me. Why am I even asking? So having to just sit with that feeling and be like, okay, I asked them if they wanted to go to coffee and they said, yes, I'm not going to convince myself that they're patronizing me or they feel bad for me or that they're just doing this because I have no friend, other friends. And if, you know, like they actually like, they want to go to coffee with me and I'm going to take them at their word and believe that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to try to manipulate the situation into anything else. Okay. I sent this text. Sounded a little weird for, for me. Not exactly how I meant it, but it wasn't rude. This is actually the question I wanted to ask. So if they have a problem with it, I'm just going to let them come to me and talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah, kind of leave the door open. Give them the opportunity yes. to communicate. Let them have they... free will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not trying to manipulate the situation into making you feel okay, you know? It's, 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 it's false. It's false emotions. It's false validation. And it's actually not healthy for anyone. And then you upgrade that a sense of uh, control and then you get into gaslighting gaslighting and then manipulation coercion <laughs> yep you sure as fuck that's where it goes that's the that's what was so life changing we're coming at the end of our time we're actually like running late but I just have to say this that's what was so 
wildly life-changing for me was realizing that that was just the other side of the same coin. Yeah. Growing up in a manipulative, controlling environment from my friend, from my father and from my church. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, I was doing the same thing to other people. But what for I thought was a good reason, it's the same thing. It's the coin is still manipulation and control and gaslighting. You're just doing it. It looks better on the other side. Yeah. You know, because you're not yelling and screaming and demanding people do things for you, but you're organizing a situation to benefit you mostly, mm-hmm. and and to 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 control the situation so that your emotions aren't hindered. It's still manipulation. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this show. <laughs> this was uh, this is our last episode. Episode. No one will ever want to listen to us again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> we got for our guest, uh, Prophet Aiden. We've got. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> we do have oh, oh, oh real quick um, I would like to clarify yes because uh, my boyfriend texted me and said uh, I was not annoyed with you because <laughs> I <laughs> because I said and they were low key like annoyed with me like <laughs> look at me just assuming other assuming their feelings, feelings. yes <laughs> <laughs> I had I got called on that by a friend of mine too I said we had a we had a conversation over text that should have been in person and so it was misunderstood, misconstrued on both ways. And um, when we met and talked about it, it was fine. It was just one of those like, oh, this is your opinion. That's cool. That's valid. I respect your opinion. I disagree with it. Oh, cool. I disagree with your opinion too, but it's valid opinion. You know, it's that kind of conversation. Cool. Great. Awesome. We can be friends. And I said something. I was like, I just don't want to do this again because I don't want to like, I said something. It's like, I, you know, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm upset. I'm, I'm frustrated with myself that I hurt you. And he goes, you didn't hurt me. It was annoying. But you didn't hurt me. Don't assume how I feel. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like, oh, yeah. I just assumed that this was hurtful and then acted on that behavior, huh. acted on that assumption. And he was like, it wasn't hurtful. It was annoying. But it wasn't hurtful. You yeah. know? And, yeah. So. Wowzers. Yeah. We got some work to do, y'all. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Drink some water. Be intentional <laughs> about your actions. <laughs> Stop being an asshole and don't control people, even for good reasons. <laughs> There's your New Year's resolution. But if you want to hear more of this, we are on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. You can listen to this. I will try to get this uploaded in the next week. We're back on track with that. Um, you can check our, our Instagram, it's our turn pod, and our email is it's our turn pod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to email us nice things about how amazing we are, that'd be fantastic. Uh, or you can DM us on Instagram and one of us will answer eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got, yeah, I'm excited. I am excited for next year. I kind of, I've got, I would like to see this podcast do really cool things, more mm. cool things. And, and we've got, this is a really good opportunity we have. So I'd like to take advantage of it. Um, so I'm excited for next year. So I'm excited to be doing this with you, Tony. So it's amazing. Great. Yay. Okay. That was a little nice I can handle. <laughs> if you're still Quick, listening. Punch me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> if you're still listening, don't go anywhere. Uh...